This is Tom Vargelettis with the Full-Time Real Estate Photographer Podcast, and today we are talking about your real estate portfolio. What is a portfolio? If you're hearing this for the first time, I hope you are just starting out. If not, you might be in trouble. A portfolio is just a collection of some of your work to show potential clients, to turn potential clients into bona fide clients. So as far as portfolios go, you need one. You should have one. And if you don't have a portfolio, no idea how to make a portfolio, and maybe you're just starting out, please stand by. I've got just the thing for you. I actually write about this pretty thoroughly in the full-time real estate photographer book, but we're going to cover some of it right here. So when we're talking about portfolios, what should we have in a portfolio. And what this is going to be is somewhere around 15 to 30 of your best images. And you want them to be pretty distinct from each other. You don't want to have a whole series of basically the same exact shot or the same house. You want to show different types of shooting environments, different types of real estate so you can not just show the different real estate photography products you may have, but that you are a competent photographer who can handle many different shooting situations. So your real estate portfolio, it's not going to show your client every possible shooting situation you might find yourself in because they are at least conceivably unlimited. You are just showing your best work and you want to show a good spread over the different kinds of real estate that you want to shoot in. If you want to focus on a niche, most of your portfolio shots will be within that niche, if not all of them. If all you want to focus on are commercial real estate, if you're thinking maybe I want to focus on multifamilies, maybe I want to focus on luxury or Victorian style homes, most of your portfolio will be there because that is what you're trying to do in terms of work. And if you're just a mercenary, you'll take any job you can get. Well, you'll want to show a wide array of architectural styles and shooting environments. And we're going to talk about these things. Just bear in mind that you don't have to show every possible scenario that there is or that you could potentially come up with. You just need to show your best work and it needs to cover, for the most part, what you're shooting. Now, if you are only doing photography, you only need to show photos. If you are doing other things, you'll want to show those things as well. And we will talk about that as we get through it. So let's talk about first the different types of photos we might actually want to see in your real estate portfolio. So like I said, if you're just doing photos, that's all that you'll have there. If you're doing things like floor plans, it would be nice to have at least one example of your floor plans. And this is something that I do. I offer floor plans. So in my portfolio, I have one image of a floor plan. And that's it. Just something to get the point across. Floor plans are not really fantastic works of art, at least in my opinion, they shouldn't be. And so one sample will get the idea across. And I also have examples in my portfolio of virtual staging and of uh, creative edits, I call them, 
converting a real estate photo to look like a painting or something like that, that a client could buy and and offer to their clients as closing gifts. For example, someone who might have built the house themselves or, you know, they lived there for 200 years and they're moving, but they didn't want to move or they just love, love, love their house. Well, sometimes it's nice to give them a really interesting and creative photo as a closing gift, and a lot of people like to have the um, painting conversion done. So I do have that as an example. Also virtual staging. So I do virtual staging, virtual landscaping, virtual renovations. We have before and after examples in the portfolio. So so my portfolio is is very close to that 30 mark. It's almost a little bit too big, but because I've got a lot of different things going on, I want to show people across the board what we have, right? So I've got a virtual staging example, a floor plan example, a um, you know, painting a house that looks like a painting example. And if like I said, you're not doing that yet, You don't have to have those things in your portfolio. If you would like to do those things in your business down the line, you can look forward to future podcast episodes on how these things can actually be done. But just bear in mind that your portfolio is also going to be like this living, breathing thing. It's always going to be changing over time. You should not have the same portfolio from the day that you begin until the day that you retire. You will want to update it regularly. And when I say regularly, I mean, as soon as you come into a listing, before you've even taken the photos, you can look around and say, oh yeah, no, a couple of these are making it into my portfolio for sure. You should know what's in your portfolio. And when you walk into a new kind of place or some place that is just so wonderful, you're like, oh, definitely getting some portfolio shots. And then afterwards, once you're done editing and you deliver, go ahead and update the portfolio. When you change or update your portfolio, you do not need to broadcast that out to the world. If you are posting things on Instagram or social media, go ahead and continue as normal. But just make that a habit of constantly updating the portfolio and not making a big deal about it. Because as you get new customers or recurring customers and say, hey, have you seen the updated portfolio? It'll just be a nice way of following up with people, being able to deliver a little bit more value and to just say, you know, hey, we added this new service. It's in the portfolio. I know I sent you the link before. Maybe I'll send it to you again. And, um, you know, I just said link, but we'll talk about online and print media for portfolios as well. So those are some great, you know, before after examples of certain types of services or a sample of a floor plan. That's great to throw in a portfolio. If you're doing video, and I also do video for real estate, I don't include them in my photo portfolio. I include that on a website and we'll talk about websites and things in a minute. But in this example, like the portfolio that you're going to point people to for the most part should just be like still images and, you know, video and other products you can add in in a different way for people that want to see them for customers or clients who might specifically be interested in video. I, I share stuff to them directly. Okay, how many other kinds of photos do you want? Now, if you do twilight photography, that is a crazy good example to have in your portfolio because if you know how to take a good twilight shot, it just looks so nice and people love to see stuff like that. If you don't know how to take twilight, fear not, it is not that difficult. There's a little bit of a different 
process you can go through if you want to do like the Mike Kelly route and you take 5,000 photos from one single camera location, you do all this light painting, or if you just do some single ambient exposures and everything else you do afterwards in like Photoshop and Lightroom, that's fine. There's a bunch of different ways to approach this. If you don't know or understand how to do Twilight, please look it up right now. Don't wait for a future podcast episode, which there will be on Twilight. And uh, there will be in the future some YouTube videos about that as well. There's stuff that's out there right now. If you don't know how to do it, really, you can look it up right now. It is worth trying out just for fun on your own house or specifically for a portfolio. And it's just going to be a great experience to get under your belt because without having to work, that much harder, you can add a new service to your business and potentially take in a little bit more money. So you, when you make your Twilight photo, go ahead and add the best one that you've made into your portfolio. Drones. So if you have a drone and you have your Part 107 license and you're able to fly drones and, and use drone photography commercially, definitely add that into your portfolio. If you do not have a drone client yet. Some neat tricks that I actually figured out by accident is if you go to some really incredible location where there is some real estate there, you can take just a generic landscape drone shot and then just tell people this is a real estate photo because they will see, oh yeah, there's some real estate there. Wow, what a beautiful photo. <laughs> and, and voila, you've added a drone shot to your portfolio. When you are getting hired to do drone photos for real estate, you might want to use an example where one of the houses is much more prominent in the image. But if you can fly your drone commercially, and if you didn't have a drone client yet, you could just go ahead and get yourself some nice drone shots. If you have any major bodies of water nearby, I recommend taking the drone out around there, getting some shots from the land looking over the water and from the water looking over towards the land. And if you can do that for sunrise or sunset, even better on you. You can count that as a drone and a twilight example. Now, you do want to have a couple exterior examples as well in your portfolio. You want to try and get some interesting architecture. And like I said, if you don't even have a paying real estate photography client yet, I'm going to talk about that at the end. So just bear with me here if you're thinking, well, I don't even know anybody that could let me take pictures of their house. How am I going to get these photos? I'm going to cover that at the end. Let's talk about the architecture right now. You want to get something that's kind of typical of the marketplace you'll be working in. For me, in, I guess, rural New England, there's a lot of colonials. That's just the way that things are built out here. A lot, a lot of colonials. And then you get in the older neighborhoods, you get houses that were built in the 1700s, 1800s. You have these colonials, but then you also have these nice, beautiful houses that were built with uh, like, like Victorian style architecture, these really tall buildings. Some of them will have turrets. Some of them will have these ornate carved wooden designs and uh, really interesting color schemes in the paint. So I'll get like a typical run-of-the-mill colonial in my portfolio, and then I'll get something on, you know, one of those Victorian homes. And over time, you know, you can swap these out. 
I've done a few enormous houses. I don't know if you could call the mansions in the 6,000 to 10,000 square foot range. I typically don't put them in my portfolio because for me personally, those are rare. And when I'm showing my portfolio to agents, I don't want to have them flip through samples of every single type of real estate that I might have shot. I also want them to see something that's typical of the marketplace. So I do have those higher end mansions. I have one that's like it's like seven, 8,000 square feet on my portfolio. But like the super big houses, I usually don't. I will send those agents very specific links to a website for the higher end homes, not just the blanket generic portfolio. So if you want to get into luxury real estate, you know, your portfolio would just be that. But for me, those are kind of towards the end of the bell curve. They're not quite so common. So I can afford to just have a special little thing for them. The portfolio that I show everybody else, just a couple typical traditional architectural styles. If you're in the southern United States, the west coast uh, United States, if you're in other countries, the typical architectural style will be different. So you want to just kind of think about, you know, your location, the kinds of houses you're going to most often be shooting. And that's what you're going to want to use as examples. You want real estate agents who are hiring you to know that you can do a good job with you know, the kind of listing that they're going to get. Other examples. So you want to show like a great room, like a living room in your portfolio. You want to show them how you can handle, you know, a complicated space where you might have an entertainment center, a seating area, and then a little play area for the kids in the side. You want to show them what you can do with that kind of space. So a lot of photographers might want to go out way wide in the corner. Some photographers might want to go in a little bit tighter. You want to show them what your style is for this kind of a space because some clients are going to want to see certain things. And the typical living room, living area shot is going to be really important for your portfolio. So they know what you can do with those kind of spaces. If you can get an example of like a great room where it's just a large space and nothing but seating and, you know, maybe toys and games, whatever people have set up. And then another one of a more traditional living room where it's just like you sit in front of a TV and that's the purpose of that room. Those would be great uh, to add to your portfolio. If you can get some photos with bodies of water in them, those are always a huge bonus. In my portfolio, I have a shot that I really liked of a back porch overlooking the ocean. And I thought that was really interesting, especially on this photo where I did a lot of light painting inside the porch. People seem to really like that. So at the same time, I'm showing, you know, a nice photo that I took over a body of water and bright daylight, not ideal shooting conditions. And I was able to make it look pretty nice with, you know, some flash inside and around the porch area. Bedrooms. You don't need a lot of bedrooms in your portfolio, but if you can find a nice master bedroom or a really well-staged or uh, a well-organized average kind of typical bedroom. That would be great. I wouldn't put more than one bedroom photo in your portfolio, honestly, unless you've shot a house where just every room was was like this incredible work of modern art. Sure. Uh, but generally, if you got, you know, a one good bedroom, one good living room example, you're covering all your bases. The same thing with dining rooms. Sometimes they can be really ornate and interesting. Sometimes it's just a really plain room with a table and chairs. So if you can get like a, a, a single good shot of each type of room that you might find in your area, 
that's going to help fill in your portfolio. And then the same thing with kitchens. I actually have, and I'm looking at my portfolio right now. I have one, two, three, three images of kitchens in like a residential home. And then I also have a couple um, commercial shots of like a bar and, and a restaurant. And because I do a little bit of commercial real estate work. So um, that might be overkill for you, depending on your portfolio, how you want it to be kind of fleshed out. But for me, I had these really interesting and unique kind of environments that I wanted to shoot in. You know, one of the kitchens was absolutely enormous. One of them was like brand new and it was built out by this high-end designer in Boston. And then another one was like your typical kind of country style kitchen. And I chose them because they are radically different architectural styles, different color schemes, and they're just really nice kitchens. So for me and in my portfolio, it makes sense. For you, you might really only need one or two examples of a kitchen. Like I said, if you have one, at least one good shot per type of room, you are going to be all set. And when you're starting to take photos and you're thinking, how could this fit into my portfolio? There are some interesting features that you can keep in mind that can help make the photo a little bit more interesting for portfolio purposes. Because if you just take a plain old photo of a plain old room, it might not have the same kind of an impact as a photo of a room with something special going on. For example, a really nice fireplace and mantle in a living room. So if you've got your traditional kind of living room, you know, with a TV entertainment center, okay, cool. But if you can get one with a really interesting fireplace and mantle, maybe even Photoshop some fire in there, it just adds a little bit of more interest in my opinion. Not everybody likes fireplaces, but when it comes to portfolio shots, I really enjoy them. Pools, indoor or outdoor pools are really good. And, you know, like I said, bodies of water can always add a little bit of interest to your photo. Ornate wood carvings or really interesting and unique woodwork that always gets a little special attention. I mean, it's not as common nowadays because it's just so much labor to have that stuff done. But if you can light it really well, it can just look incredible. So some really interesting woodwork, and I'm talking about like ceiling medallions, crown molding, interesting carvings around a mantle. I shot a house where, and uh, I'm going to be honest, I don't know why he did this or what gave him the idea, but it just came out so amazing. It was door panels. I knew a man who he just like I said, I, what gave him the idea? I couldn't say, but a, a door factory had gone out of business. So he went in and bought truckloads of doors, ornate, hand-carved doors, and then had them cut and sliced up and put together as paneling on his walls. And so, you know, a lot of people will have an accent wall that's like painted. He'll have an, an entire accent wall of this ornate carved wood design that was so interesting. And when I asked him about it, he said, oh yeah, no, it's just a bunch of doors. <laughs> I, I, I thought that was really interesting. And, and you know, those photos, the, this was years ago, they made it into the portfolio. 
because they just add that much more interest into the photo. And when you're showing people your portfolio, you want them to look at what you've worked on in the past and you want them to say, wow, this guy does a great job. And in in reality, once you understand good photography technique, it's really the space that's doing a lot of the of the work in terms of what makes you go okay that's a good photo good job to whoa that looks great it's a combination of of good real estate plus good technique and that's why you know these these special little features that add interest are really good for portfolio shots and then we've got some unique architecture and unique design so i don't know how it is around the world i can't speak for how things are being built elsewhere. But in New England, we have a whole lot of these old brick factories. Just back in the day, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Connecticut, there are all these mills and these factories built alongside streams. Sometimes you get man-made streams and all these weird dams and channels. And over the years, the factories just, you know, at first they started shipping out to the Midwest and then eventually out to China. So you have all these vacant buildings that some of them have been vacant for decades or longer. And you have these buildings that are, in some cases, in certain cities like Lowell, for example, these textile mills that were built in the 1800s, and they're being converted into apartment buildings and condos. So I've had a few really interesting photo shoots in some of these condos where you have this mashup of the 100-year-old architecture, the old beat-up worn-out wood, the brick and mortar. And then you have some nice new drywall, some nice new trim, new tile built in with it and and around it. And some of those shots definitely make it into the portfolio because to see that kind of clash of architectural styles, it's super, super interesting. And any kind of unique architectural design, um, like I said, in New England, that was a, a case of, you know, the old being mixed up with the new. I'm sure it's like that around the world in some areas, but you might find that for your marketplace, maybe not the weird factory being turned into condo situation, but you might find that there's some really unique architecture regional architecture or just traditional for whatever your marketplace is. Something like that would be really interesting and a great add to your portfolio. And the next thing we have like grand staircases, really interesting and ornate entrances into buildings. And this again falls underneath the unique architecture sometimes, but I like to have one shot in my portfolio that shows a really interesting entryway into a house because not everybody can shoot them in an appealing way. So if you have this really tall entryway into a a building, sometimes you're forced to do a panorama or a a vertical shot or something like that, or a tilt shift if you're using a tilt shift lens. And just to show people that, look, if you have this really interesting feature in your listing, I'm going to be able to shoot it and make it look like this. That's a great example to have in your portfolio. And since we're talking about grand staircases, how about things like balconies and, and just interesting features inside of a home? Those tend to be more common in the higher end, more luxury homes, but you can find some, you know, average priced homes with really unique architectural styles like that, where you might find some indoor balconies. To have some shots showing them from the lower level or on the balcony looking out 
can be really interesting. And, and that would be a good little feature to look out for when you're thinking about getting those portfolio shots. Okay, so we've talked about the types of photos that you want. Now, how are you going to show them to your clients? Well, the first way to do this, and I'm actually going to recommend you do it in every possible way that you can, but the first one that we'll talk about here is in print. So you have some options. Are you going to print out flyers, brochures, or a book or a magazine type of presentation? Flyers can work. You're going to have a tough time showing off your entire portfolio. But if you want to have a flyer with like a couple of your best images and your contact info, just promoting your, your business or maybe even a special deal, that's fine. You can do that. I would not rely on that, though. I would recommend creating a portfolio book. Now, there are many ways to do this. The first, obviously, is to flesh out your portfolio. Have the files ready to go first. And then once you have your portfolio photos, figure out how you're going to publish them. There are many options. You might even have a printer or a print shop local to you that would be able to do something. And there are some options online. The first thing that I did when I wanted to print out my portfolio was I did call some local print shops and I looked into things like you can actually make photo books with Apple Photos, the Photos app. You can through Apple order a photo book. You can also find these companies that will do things, you know, for events, you know, weddings, sweet 16s, things like that. They'll print photo books for you. That could be a good option. But those tended to be a lot higher in cost than I was prepared to go with those options. So I ended up uh, working with Blurb. You can find them at blurb.com, B-L-U-R-B. This is not a paid post. They haven't given me any money. They haven't given me free account access or anything like that. I just personally found the services that they have to be convenient and uh, priced right for me. So blurb.com, and you can download their own software. It's called BookWrite. And after just a quick scan through their site, I see that they also have an Adobe InDesign plugin and an Adobe Lightroom plugin. So you could conceivably just make it all inside of Lightroom. I liked to use BookWrite because it is set up to pretty conveniently and easily make a magazine layout, not just photos. And that was the approach that I made. I'm thinking of you know, creating something that would be an interesting read that would be worth keeping. And that's going to show you some really interesting images. So I'll have a couple photos per page, sometimes one photo across two pages, and then a little bit of information about them in the book. And the last page in the book is pricing and booking information. And that is how I share my printed portfolio. And when you do this through BookWrite and through Blurb, the cost is not that high. It was like $5 per book or something like that. I basically order these in stacks of 100 that just hand them out to everyone. And if you decide that you want to go for something that's much higher end, that's like $30, $40, $50, $100 dollars per book, that's not something that you'd want to just randomly give out to people. You'd probably just want to have one or two and show people on an individual basis if you're going to go the really, really high-end route. But the Blurb magazine template or the magazine, like the premium magazine paper that they print on is fine for real estate portfolio purposes. If you're trying to get into high-end architecture or exclusively luxury, 
that might not be the best bet for you. But for your run-of-the-mill real estate photographer, it is perfect for showing off your portfolio in print. Okay, next online. When you are putting your portfolio together online, how are you going to do it? So there's a bunch of options in the cloud, the proverbial cloud. You can use Google Photos. You can use Apple Photos. You can use Dropbox. Personally, I'm using Google Drive and I'm just saving everything in a Drive folder. I'm setting the permissions on the folder that if I share a link to it, people can view only. And that is the link that I am texting and emailing people to show them the portfolio. Your next option online is going to be through a website. So if you want to share your portfolio online with people, and maybe you want to say, you know, go here, like verbally over the phone or in person, or to show them something on a business card or a brochure, you don't want to have this, you know, what do those Google Drive links look like? It's google.com slash K percent sign 64 exclamation mark, exclamation mark. Like that's not going to be the kind of thing that you're going to conveniently share with people. You want to have a website. And I did talk about websites before and how you can use that to share your portfolios. Please uh, go ahead. If you haven't heard it, you can skip back to that one. That was uh, episode four websites. I do recommend a certain way of setting up your website, even if it's just for a portfolio. There's a way to do it that's like dirt cheap and super reliable, and you can go that route. But if you wanted to do like a Squarespace or whatever, just make sure that your website URL is easy to say and communicate verbally. For me, it's tv.photography, or I have other like sub-branded websites that I can show some portfolio links to people as well, depending on who I'm talking to. If it's you, you could use your name. You could use whatever the name of your brand is. Just make it something that's easily said and easily remembered and especially easy to type in. If someone's looking at it on your business card and copying it verbatim, it should only take less than a minute, you know, less than 20 seconds, less than 10 seconds to type it in. Don't have this ridiculous, crazy thing. If it takes people too long to type it in, they're going to make mistakes. They're not going to be able to find the website and they're going to be like, I can't see your portfolio. It didn't work. They're not going to know why. And then they're going to blame you. So you want to make it easy, (laughs) easy to, to work with like that. And then there's another way to share your portfolio beyond print, just simply creating brochures and and books and and beyond just putting things on a website and in your cloud. You can turn your portfolio into a video. And I mentioned video before relative to including real estate videos in your portfolio, but now I'm talking about turning your portfolio images into a slideshow. And you can go crazy with it, have all your little effects, have some video of yourself introducing you, your business and your work. That would be really interesting to do uh, like a like a video resume almost, but you can share a video online on social media, post it on YouTube, and you can share that and host it online for free and share it instantly with anybody, just like you could share a Google Drive link. And some people would actually be more likely to sit through and watch a video than they might be to uh, you know, actually scroll through an entire portfolio, especially if you're getting in, into the 20, 30 images kind of ballpark, because then it might get difficult for people to really inspect and appreciate the photos versus they sit through and in order to watch the video, you have to see that slide for 
five seconds or three seconds to go on to the next one. Video is great. I found it to be super helpful for me, especially for sharing online. Okay, now if you are just starting out and you have no idea how to make a portfolio, you don't have any customers, and you're thinking, okay, this is great information, but how the heck am I even getting inside of these houses in the first place? At least legally, (laughs) you know, we can't just be showing up at people's property, taking photos, and they don't know who we are or what we're doing, right? Um, You need permission to do these things. And you can get permission really easily. So first off, I'm going to assume that you live in a house. Maybe it's an apartment building, maybe it's a single family or multifamily, whatever. Your house is a great place to start if you're thinking, my house is not good for a portfolio. Well, it's good to get some practice in anyway. See if you can take some interesting photos of your property, of your living space, and get something that might potentially be portfolio worthy. That's a great place to start because that's where you are. And then once you've exhausted everything immediately in your surroundings, you can move on to other places. So friends, family, friends of friends, and extended family. People who already know, like, and trust you, you can call them up and ask, hey, can I uh, practice taking some photos on your house? I'd really like to do a twilight shoot, or I'd really like to get a photo of your living room, or, or whatever it may be. And then, you know, you show up, you can style it, hopefully, however you'd like. If not, you know, you can talk to them about how we can arrange things. Maybe can we move some furniture? We'll clean it up in a certain way, whatever. Take your photos, and then, you know, just share it with them afterwards. That might even be one of the conditions of them letting you in and having you do the photo shoot in the first place. Just say, I'll let you have the photos. You can also, and this is just throwing mud at the wall, send random posts on social media, randomly ask people, post things on a board, ask if, you know, hey, can we do a practice shoot in your house? If we can, we'd like to let you have the images. I'm not really a big fan of the throwing mud at a wall approach because you can't control the outcome, but that is an option. Probably your next best bet is to offer photo shoots for free to real estate agents to let them know, hey, I'm just starting out. I want to build a portfolio. If you have a listing that is like this, if you have a new construction coming up, if you have a luxury home that's coming up, whatever, I'd like to do the photo shoot. Maybe not the entire shoot, but I'd like to take some photos and I'll I'll give them to you for free. You can just use them to market your listing if you like them. And if you don't like them, it didn't cost you anything. So a lot of agents are going to say yes to that, especially the agents that are just, you know, they they might not have hired a photographer in the first place because who knows, maybe you'll do a good enough job and you'll convert them into paying customers. And that's how you do it. it. It is a little bit of a grind. It can take more time to find people who would be open to letting you use their listings or their property as like a testing ground for your portfolio than it would be to actually take the images and put them together. But if you put the time in, because if you want this to be a full-time or even a part-time source of income for you, you're going to have to put the work in. And in my personal opinion, it's not right for you to expect people to pay you and they have no idea if you can even do the work that they want to pay you to do, right? If you don't have a working relationship with someone, they've never seen your work before, they don't even know if you can do the work, but you're expecting them to go out of their way and give you their hard-earned money and they don't know what the hell they're going to get for it, that just something about that doesn't seem right to me. It's like the old uh, Earl Nightingale adage, you know, if you're standing in front of a stove, (laughs) that's like demanding that the stove gives you heat and then you put the wood on. 
it just doesn't work like that. You got to put the work in to set yourself up for success first and actually doing that grind, putting yourself out there, talking to people to get those portfolio images in the first place is really going to help you out. And you might even create some new clients while you're at it. Some people might say, wow, you did a great job because you know you learned how to do it from the full-time real estate photographer podcast. So I'm going to pay you when you're ready to actually go into business. And, you know, and I mean, that's best case scenario. Worst case scenario, you have your portfolio shots that you can then go out, promote yourself as a professional photographer with and start earning business then. When we're thinking about our portfolio, let's remember that no matter how you start out, you must always and continuously develop your portfolio. You want to swap out the stronger ones for the weaker ones. And I say swap out because if you start taking photos and you're like, wow, this is great and this is great and this is great. Don't just keep adding them and adding them and adding them. And then you have 5,000 images in your portfolio. No, don't do that. You want a maximum of 30 images. That might even be too much. Somewhere in the 15 to 30 ballpark is pretty good. It's been pretty good for me. After that, I used to have a portfolio of like 50 plus images because I would do this. I'd be like, oh my God, this is so great. Oh, this house is beautiful. Oh, this is so nice. Oh, wow, that sunset is beautiful. And then I'd have all these photos. People would get my portfolio link from me and then they'd say, oh, hey, have you ever handled this kind of a situation? And I'd be like, um, yeah, didn't you, you said you saw my portfolio. There's like seven examples of that in there. <laughs> you know, some people would say, uh, oh, you know, ah, sometimes if the sky isn't right, I like to have a sky replacement, you know, a nice blue sky. Can you do that? And I'd be like, uh, yeah, that's image 457 in the portfolio. Didn't you see it? Jeez. <laughs> you want it to be pretty tight and to the point. You don't want to have this ridiculous expansive portfolio because people just aren't going to scroll through every single image. You want it to be a good spread of your best images in like as tight a package as possible. And then for those special cases where, you know, like I mentioned before, you have these higher end properties, these really enormous properties and the agents are like, can you even handle this much space? you know, you can have a dedicated portfolio just for that, right? Or just commercial. I have a couple commercial photos in my portfolio and that's because I only get a couple commercial shoots like here and there. So I figured why not? I'll just throw them in. If I start realizing now I've got this pretty active side business of doing commercial photography, I'll develop a commercial portfolio and you can do the same over time. But remember, just swap images out. You don't want to have more than 30 and 30 is, is a lot, you might want to keep it like 15, 20 max and not much more than that. You just want to show your best, not like a okay photo and then a wow photo and then a, oh, that one's not too good. And then another one that's kind of okay. The wow photo is going to get totally buried behind the average photos. Even if the wow photo is number one on the list, if people walk away thinking that, oh, there's some not too great photos in that portfolio they're going to think that all of your work is not going to be too great. And that's the episode. I hope this was helpful for people who are building out their portfolios. If you've been shooting for a while, you've probably got one. And I hope that I've helped give you some interesting ideas for maybe a new direction to go in on the portfolio there. So if anybody has any questions, comments, or feedback, you can contact me at Tom 
Vargeletis on Instagram. You can find me by email. You can send a message to Tom at ftrephoto.com. And you can even check us out, the Full-Time Real Estate Photographer YouTube channel. I am going to post these episodes. I'm going to try for something like a week to two week kind of frequency. Sometimes depending on how busy we are, it's not possible, but I have a long list of topics to cover. I want to hit every single one. If there is something that I have not covered, or if you have just a specific question that you need some clarification on, go ahead and send me a message. Follow me on Instagram, DM me there, send me an email, and I'll be able to answer your episode in a future podcast or at least make it a part of something that we will be doing here, either on YouTube or Instagram or whatever. And uh, let me know what your name is as well, or the name that you'd like to have me say over the podcast so you know that it was your question that was being answered. All right, everyone, that's all I've got for today. I'll catch you on the next one. This was Tom Vargeletis with the Full-Time Real Estate Photographer Podcast.